Welcome into the breeze with BP and Haas on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. No DP. Austin Norman still sitting in here on the breeze. And for the first time, I believe, I have the honor of meeting the man the show is named after, Haas DeBreezy. Haas, hi, I'm Austin. How are you? What's up, Austin? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday How's it to going? you as well. Uh, things are great here. Have you been? Good. Uh, weather's good here in the DMV. Uh, how's the weather out there? Uh, we just got over some rain the last couple days. So sun's out, nice and uh, bright and shiny out. I think it's only mid-70s, lower 80s or so. So I am not complaining one bit. You guys are lucky. Anytime I go outside, the sunglasses are just just fogged up immediately with all the humidity here in D.C. So. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Uh, well, I do think we have your guest on the line if you want to bring him in and get going with him. Oh, yeah. Mike Munshaw is a... Um, regular listener and and a good friend and he's a wrestling fanatic and he's actually the guy who I do this wrong every time he's the guy who drew this for me the two belts there for Daniel Bryan at Wrestlemania 30 Uh, excited to have Mike on the show so we could talk a little bit some old wrestling (laughs) perfect Mike you there thought we had Mike Mike are you with us Mike can you hear us he says it just rings and rings when. Okay, uh, have him have him call in again. I thought I patched him through before. Cool. So yeah, as, I... we're, as we're waiting for Mike, uh, how much? How, who's your favorite wrestler? I, I don't mean to throw you on the spot, but who's your favorite wrestler, Austin? <laughs> um, my favorite wrestler is probably Jordan Burroughs. Okay. That's not the wrestling you're talking about. Uh, it tells you everything you need to know about uh, the amount of wrestling I've watched. I got into it a little bit back my freshman year of college. Um, one of my my buddies, the guy I was uh, living with at that point, um, he was a big Undertaker guy. So okay. I, I got into a little bit of Undertaker. I know I know the names. You know Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan. Uh, a little bit of Chris Jericho here and there, Kevin Owens. Okay. Um, to call any of them my favorite would be uh, disingenuous. <laughs> love it. Love it. I, hey, we've made Harrison into a wrestling fan. DP even made him do a promo one show. So uh, I've heard that promo. It is legendary. <laughs> awesome. Well, as we as we figure out how we get Mike. Oh, Mike's Thanks in. You got Mike. Mike, you with us? Hi. Can you hear me? What's up, Mike? Hey, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good. Happy Sunday. Good. Same to you. Happy Sunday. And hello, Austin. Hello. Nice to nice to make your acquaintance, Mike. Yeah, same here. So, Mike, I was thinking about it. We need entrance music. So, right now, lots of entrance music's getting lots of uh, just massive pops. Like, what's the... What's the massive pop for you when you, when you listen to entrance music? What's your favorite entrance music right now? And I'm not talking old school. I'm talking about when you turn on the TV right now. Which one gets you most excited? Am I allowed to talk about AEW? Or- <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> All right. So Orange Cassidy, when they crank the Jefferson Starship and Jane right now. So oh, that yeah. all brings the crowd to Big Pop. So that's 
you know, it's recognizable. You know who's coming, and then his graphics are um, pretty cool. They fit his character just perfectly, and then you just watch the crowd go crazy. Love it, love it. It so for me. I use wrestling music to work out with. It, it pumps me up. It energizes me. I can listen to Triple H music and Randy Orton's music and different things. But right now, for whatever reason, it's Sami Zayn's entrance music, which doesn't even have words to it. It's just it just gets me to dance and it gets me pumped up and work out that much harder. So, okay. So wait. So are you talking about the music itself, or do you mean like the entrance is in the whole thing? When the music hits, the lights change, the crowd pops, and the wrestler comes out. Maybe I misunderstood. Are you talking if about the music? I can go to Alexa and say, hey, Alexa, play Sami Zayn's intro, entrance music. And boom, that gets me excited. So, like, play Judas by Fozzie. It gets me excited. So, that's what I mean. Like, what, what's a song? Okay, and I, I might got you into something new now. You might go and ask your, your smart devices to start playing your music randomly during the day. So, no, yeah. So, if I looked at, like, current themes like Sinshay's um, music. Oh, yeah. That's awesome with that guitar. <laughs> and I do prefer the Japanese version, the uh, one that they did a couple years ago. I think that's pretty awesome. And as, uh, as he's not a favorite of everyone, but you still gotta love the Mrs. music. So I love the music. Um, <laughs> and <the music> well. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But doing that well, it's, You're it's allowed to like what you like. <laughs> <laughs> you like like you like. Oh, now I don't even know why I invited you on this show. Like, hey, hey, my wedding song. The when, when my wife and I and our anniversaries tomorrow. When we walked in, uh, it was carrying the WCW belt, and it was Goldberg's song. So, to each their own. <laughs> <laughs> now, were the actual chance of Goldberg in the background? Is this what's occurring? No, just Gilberg. <laughs> <laughs> that makes more sense. I'll buy that. <laughs> so those of you that want to text in 402-464-5685, Sarder Heyman line, what entrance music gets you excited? If right now you went to your okay. s smart device and you said, okay. hey, Siri, play this. Hey, Alexa, play this. What song is that? Let us know. So did they change Oscar's entrance music? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because the one previous to that, I really liked that. I don't know what that was with the Empress right. of the Final, but that right. was always a very good one as well. Yeah, it, it had the same beat and rhythm of, of Shinsuke, just a little bit dialed down, but it, it definitely it definitely got you moving a little bit. Now it's short hair, not loud music. It's confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, well, you know, I also, you know, was thinking about that, too, earlier when we were texting back and forth and you know maybe you know my role here is to be the grumpy old guy but <laughs> new some of the new stuff is just doesn't catch me it just doesn't you know when you hear it i still have that pause of wait who's is that who's coming out now so i some of the newer stuff i think is lacking somewhat compared to the older stuff what's your least favorite storyline right now in in, in wwe as the old man. Oh, boy, there's so many to choose from. That's such an open <laughs> invitation. Storyline. Um, I, I, you know, because there's so much, it's such easy product. Um, 
How about the women's tag team division? Like, what is going on with that? That I don't understand in the least bit. Um, How hard is it to put together two very talented women and then just try to build them up and make them into a a real good tag team? And, you know, they throw uh, poor Raquel with just about anybody. And, you know, not to take anything away from Liv, she doesn't, you know, she works within her means. And, you know, they're an okay tag team. But, you know, to be a great tag team and to be a great tag team storyline, you need other tag teams coming at you. And it just seems like they can't get that storyline straight and they can't get their other women's tags straight to even build up somebody to go against them. Yeah, the inconsistency there. I can think of tag teams that I'd want to see and, and have seen and bringing them back would be awesome. Like hey, we're not using Natalia well. Well, why don't we bring back Beth Phoenix and Natalia and have them tag champs? Like that that's a that's a team right there that makes a lot of sense with the the looks that they have and the muscles that they have that they could beat up anyone. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And it's just I yeah, I don't that's just the whole the whole storyline just doesn't make sense. If there even is a storyline, it's almost like it's a they're just like, Oh shoot, we gotta put some women out there. All right. You and you tag, you and you tag, you and you tag. We're going to have, you know, a three first three team tag match. Just go out there and you got five minutes. And, yeah, it's you know, definitely an after, it's an afterthought for, for the women's side. And that's probably why Banks left and, and Trinity left because they're like, look, you're disrespecting us. You're, you're not making these belts valuable. And it still hasn't really changed. It was cool with Baszler and, and Rousey. But they went and broke them up too quick. I would have had them had the had the rain like they. Rhymes have ruined everything. You should know that by now. Rhymes just ruined. <laughs> it's always interesting to see who's in charge. Is it Triple H right now? Is it is it Vince McMahon right now? And and, and things change. I know on... that you just don't know which way it could go because you know they both go in their own little different creative directions, and so then when you see something happen, you're like, oh, that's such a Vince move. Where <laughs> other ones you're like, oh. It looks like Triple H is still running this show over here. So, yeah, it's, it's in flux, that's for sure. For Money in the Bank, how much do you think that was Triple H versus Vince? Boy, I think that had a lot of Vince all over it. Um, you know, I enjoyed it, and it was one of the better uh, premium live events that they put on. Um, but... Was there anything besides Shayna turning on Rondon that was a shock or that you were like, oh, that's crazy? Uh, well, you know, besides the main event, let's take out the main event. I'm sorry. So besides the main event, was there anything then that happened in that that you were like, wow, that was something? You know, the matches were solid. The storylines were all right. You know, it was entertaining, but it was so predictable. It was just. To me, it had very much this flavor to it. Are you going to disagree or do you think so? You and DP, I think it's just your your age. You, you guys are uh, pull, pull, pull Social Security yeah, well, soon. Well, and <laughs> you guys sound the same. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I mean, injuries probably played a part. Like, we saw Trish Stratus's face hit the rope and, and uh, yeah. something happened there. And maybe maybe she was supposed to win. To me, if Vince was in charge, she would have won. Triple H going with his NXT girl, to me, that meant Triple H was in charge. Yeah, no, that's true. That's a good point. And then for, for Priest to win, Triple H went with his guy there. 
if it was a Vince person, Vince would have gone with Logan Paul. So that's how I look at it. Um, I We saw what happened with the, the pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia. That, to me, had Vince all over it. That was just... Let's... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious. That's... Yeah, that that's definitely Vince. For me, I don't know what's happening with the bloodline. Like... Um, it might need a pause for, for a week or two because we might have too much of it right now. Like SmackDown was all the bloodline. Raw hasn't been convoluted with just one story. So it's surprising to say, I'm going to say something shocking. I think Raw is being run by Triple H right now. And that's why for the first time in a really long time, Raw has been better than SmackDown. What do you think? Yeah, I would go with that. Yeah, you know, thinking about it and comparing the two of them. Um, you know, a lot of the mid-card storylines on Raw are, are starting to become somewhat compelling. You know, it's not like you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're doing this again. You know, there's some stuff there that is entertaining and you're like, okay, I can see where they're going. This is cool, this is cool. You know, the Alpha Academy um, and Maxine Dupree a story that's been going on, that's been pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously Dirty Dom and Mommy, you know, that is, you know, powering through Raw. That's very good. Dog. You know, when you see Dirty Dom come out, you know that the crowd is going to be giving him, you know, everything that they can to put him down. And then he just loves it. He's just been feeding on for that. So, um, you know, and then as much as DP, and I don't know where you see him with him, I like Gunther. And I think he has been a very impressive uh, champion. So any storyline they put Gunther in, I'm all in on. And then for him to be taken on McIntyre now, I think that's really going to be strong. Yeah, and, and so, I mean, Raw's built the Judgment Day. Raw has really taken advantage of Seth Rollins. Uh, even Rousey and, and uh, Baszler on Raw with uh, the man being on Raw. There's just so much happening on Raw where it's unfortunately NWO-like on SmackDown, where every storyline is the NWO. Just, that's what I feel like right now. Because it almost seems like there's two different SmackDowns when I'm watching it. There's the SmackDown that has the bloodline, and then there's the SmackDown that doesn't have the bloodline. And it seems like it's almost two different um, wrestling federations that are putting on uh, SmackDown to me. Because, you know, the bloodline, you have your characters, you have your cast of characters. It's locked in. These are the players. And then there's everybody else. And then there's everybody else's storylines on SmackDown. If they're even, you know, even if you want to call them storylines. Um, so it seems... I, I just think SmackDown seems like it's very two distinctive parts. So I don't think the bloodline sucks it out of everybody because not everyone's involved in it. Fair. Um, I think my analogy, and, and I, I understand what you're saying because uh, NWO just took over all of WCW and they were in every match. And, uh, for me, it was yeah, just, and you know, any match you would watch would be non NWO and you'd be enjoying it. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the match, the heel <laughs> tears off his t shirt and he's got an NWO t shirt on underneath. And then here comes Ted DiBiase, Virgil, 
and 30 other guys, and they're all like, oh, welcome to the NWO. And you're like, oh, my God, it's not the NWO. Is he wearing white? Is he wearing red? Which thing is it? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, and so then, you know, when you think about that, I just don't think that SmackDown has come to that, that the other storylines aren't impacted by um, Roman and his belts, which is kind of a drawback to me as well, is because you know when it comes to Roman's belt and or belts or, you know, I know Paul Heyman's carrying around eight different belts now, um, that it's going to be the Usos and or Sammy that's going to challenge for those and nobody else is really involved in that. So that's interesting. So we've talked about it. There's only maybe six guys that, that can defeat Roman. Who do you think? deserves to defeat Roman and who is believable to defeat Roman? I think right now they don't have that guy that they missed the boat with Sammy and Sammy was at the pinnacle. Sammy was it. They had the chance to put the belt on Sammy and then have Roman chase him down. And they didn't do that. Um, and I think now, you know, Sammy and KO are almost like supporting people now. You know, they talk, they talk a lot, but they don't get into a whole lot of action with it. Um, and then are we really going to believe about Jay? Are we, can't, do you buy Jay as the champion? I, I'm sorry, but, you know, he and his brother are very talented. They're a great tag team. But as the champion, I just don't buy it. So they got to do something. To me, you got to start build, uh, building up solo and getting him ready. And when they had solo lose right before WrestleMania to Cody Rhodes, uh, just if he was undefeated for the next 12 months, that would have easily given him the clout he needed. So yeah, how, how yeah. are they going to build solo up? Like he, he He's just standing there and he's he's putting in the little uh, Simone spike into people's throats, but he hasn't really beaten anyone. And, you know, the problem with the SmackDown is due to the bloodline, the other members of that roster have not really been built up. Like if Solo, who on the SmackDown roster, if Solo faced and beat, did his creed go that much higher? You know, it, if he beats AJ Styles next Friday, let's say, on SmackDown, does that really make him that much better? No, no. because they haven't really done much with AJ at all. But you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, he beat AJ. Look at that. So, you know, who's in that middle card that he can start, his, you know, putting notches on his belt of saying, I beat this guy, this guy, and this guy. It almost is like he's locked in that he's got to just start knocking off Jane and Jimmy. I mean, okay, other than his, his brothers, he's going to have to win both middle belts. So he's going to have to beat Austin Theory. Uh, he's going to have to beat Gunter. And he's going to have to beat Brock Lesnar. It's going to, the winner of Brock Lesnar, Cody, who I actually think is the, the person that will dethrone Roman Reigns, then that, that elevates him. Maybe, maybe he takes the Raw belt. Like, <laughs> let's just keep putting all the belts back on SmackDown. That, that's the other way right, to do it. So, I have a problem, though. Cody and Brock aren't on SmackDown. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so we're just saying we don't care about this anymore. 
that was all a sham. Forget the draft. Forget the brand split. We're just going to move them back and forth. Because if let you me, say let that, me. that does open up a whole nother, you know, there are a number of talent on Raw that you could see coming after Roman. And, you know, if you're saying he's going to drop the belt, you know, so there's a number of guys on Raw that you could bring over. So I was just looking at strictly SmackDown because I was trying to follow the rules that WWE put out, but you're saying there are no rules. They never follow the rules. It usually takes about two weeks before they're like, oh, no, uh, we can't do this anymore. We have to bring over someone else from here and make it better. So, so fine. Open the, open the door. Open the gates, Proximo. Who, who are you adding from Raw? Reigns' belt and run with it. Who will? Who'd you say? Rose. So that 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 brings the most intriguing match of of SummerSlam, in my opinion. It's going to be Cody versus Brock. Does Brock sell another person? Does he does he allow another person to win at SummerSlam after he he let um, Roman Reigns just in the Last Man Standing match beat him last SummerSlam? Does Cody get the the best two out of three after losing at the last pay per view? You know, the answer to that is we don't know because we don't know what Brock wants. You know, you want to treat Brock like a full-time talent, but he's not a full-time talent. Brock is Brock, and he's going to cherry-pick his appearances. He's going to cherry-pick where he wants to go and when he wants to go. So it's, if Brock wants to put in a larger schedule, then, you know, let him be the beast. But if he is like, eh, you know, after SummerSlam, I'm going to take the fall off. I'm going to go plant some corn up in Minnesota, get the farm going, you know, before the winter sets in, et cetera, et cetera. Then, yeah, I think he does um, do the job for Cody and put Cody over him. Interesting point. Just, I don't know. There's there's so many. I know, because, you know, you listen to DP, and he's like, well, Brock's got to do this, and Brock has to do this, and Brock's going to show up here, and Brock's going to show up there. And I'm like, well, that's if he's full time, but we never know if he's full time or not. And it's hard because Roman Reigns should be taking time off soon too. And if if you're gonna have Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar gone, can Cody and and Seth and the rest of the bloodline, what are they called now? The Usos, just the Usos. Can the Usos and <laughs> <laughs> Sammy? <laughs> can they carry? T-shirt hasn't been made yet. We gotta wait for the T-shirt to come out. <laughs> I will say this before we go to break. Normally, wrestling is not that exciting from April to SummerSlam. And it's actually been really exciting for the first time in, in quite a while. And, and to be this exciting without the McMahons or Triple H being all over it, because they usually are the ones that can, that can pour gasoline on the fire and, and just make any storyline relevant, it, it means they're doing a really good job right now. And I'm, I'm excited to see what SummerSlam looks like. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. It's, there is, there's a lot of different ways they can go. Um, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, how many matches do they want to put in there. But they certainly have um, a lot of intriguing storylines that they could run with and put in there at SummerSlam. So making it one of the better ones. Well, when we get back from the break, we'll, we'll come up with our own storylines for SummerSlam and, and see what our listeners think. We'll be back. Oh, that's a dangerous thing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're listening to The Breeze with DP and Haas on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to The Breeze. I'm Haas Tabrizi. No DP, no Harrison today. We've got Mike Munshaw calling in. Uh, before the break, we were talking about SummerSlam. And Mike and I are going to talk about which matches we expect and what storylines we want to make because we're going to write our own scripts. So we were talking about Brock and, and Cody before the break. Who do you want to win? Who, who, if you're writing a story, who should win? Why? why, why? I imagine you're going to say Cody. So go ahead. Cody, we got to build him up. He's the number one baby face of the company. We got to get him out of the Brock vortex that he's been in and let's get him to move on to bigger and better things after Brock. So I would say Cody. I agree. The, we talked about entrance music to start the, the show and the entrance music for Cody, especially when he puts his arms out like this, it's uh, that's not the music. That's the entrance uh, to clarify. Thank you there, Mike Munchaw. Uh, when he comes <laughs> out, <laughs> his entrance no, is, is electric. So uh, Cody, yeah. Cody needs to be elevated and, and uh, Brock doing the job is, is definitely the right idea. We'll see if Vince is running SummerSlam because if Vince is running it, then Brock will win because he doesn't let his big ticket item lose. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Exactly. And then well, hopefully Cody can keep his body together through this whole thing. So. <laughs> yeah. 1F5 and, and Cody's done. Um, what about the women? The... I, I see a three-way happening with Flair, Asuka, and, and Belair. Who do you want to win? Who? What's the right story if you're if you're writing this? Well, see, that's a, there's two answers to that. If I'm writing it, you know, I want Asuka to retain the title and for her to at least go on a decent title reign here. Um, but that thought, I don't think is going to work in reality because of Charlotte. Charlotte gets what she wants, and as soon as she shows up, Vince and maybe even Triple H to a bit, they're like, whatever you want, Charlotte. And you know that she walks out with that belt then. But I would prefer to see Asuka and give her a decent title run. So I think the winner of this is dependent on, on Roman taking a break. So if Roman what? is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just watch this. If Roman I... takes a break, then Flair has to step up. And, and carry some of the weight, even if she's on a different brand. If Roman's still there, we can we can hide the the belt and we can put it on Oscar for a couple of months. So just depending on when Roman wants to take his break, because the star power of a main eventer of WrestleMania that's Flair that needs to be there. And and so do we do we pause a little bit? Do we wait to Survivor Series? Do we wait to the Royal Rumble? Do we make her upset? She's going to have 25 belts by the time she's done. When do we do it? So it's well, all depend I'm a dependent on... That you're saying hide the belt on Asuka. That's a little offensive there. <laughs> now, Asuka's throwing her away. She's an excellent wrestler. She doesn't have the... You know, and I'll tell you. You know, people are like, well, she can't cut a promo or she can't do this. I'll tell you, I love the fact that she just screams into that microphone in Japanese and I have no idea what she's saying but I know she's behind whatever she's saying and she believes it. Um, so they wouldn't hide it. They would put it on it. Um, but yeah, I guess I can, I hear you and I understand you. 
that if Roman leaves, then who, yeah, that they wouldn't need Charlotte. You're right about that. So but with that, that... So going into that, how does uh, Shayna and Rhonda feed into Charlotte there? You know? They have to fight for a while. If they're going to break them up, they they got to be on the screen together for a while. And and I I loved what she did on on Monday Night Raw. Shayna just saying, just shut up. You don't know how to talk. Don't talk. (laughs) (laughs) So for someone to stand up to Ronda Rousey and not be afraid of her, that was pretty cool. I I, this better be a hell in a cell or or no DQ, like something gruesome for that match. Okay, so you don't see them quickly moving Shayna into the Charlotte realm and her and Charlotte going at it for the night. Again, it depends on who's in charge. If Triple H is in charge, then Shayna will. If if Vince is in charge, he's not touching Rousey. Like, it's, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's, you know what? Like you said, this time of year, usually there's nothing going on. But with all of the um, behind-the-scenes stuff, you really don't know where a lot of this stuff is headed. So you are really drawn to actually tuning in and watching this during the summer. And it's interesting. The, the puzzle has to be created in a way where if, if there's three good guys that won, then the show's probably going to end with the heel winning. So you, you can't just have all good guys win the whole night. And, and, and so... We have to take take that into consideration as we're writing our scripts for 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 the next twenty minutes. Um. So, yeah. So then, obviously, Rhea will destroy whoever they're going to put in front of Rhea. Um. Is it going to be Raquel, or do we need another Natalia match? I think we need another Natalia match. We haven't had enough. There's only been twenty of them. I think we need. <laughs> uh, it looks like it is Raquel. Um, yeah, okay, so that, but yeah, so Rhea wins that, then you get the heel win there. So I don't see her dropping it to Raquel. I think Rhea needs to be on the most dominant women's reign ever. She needs to surpass AJ Lee. Um, I, I can't think of AJ Lee is the first one that comes to mind for really just dominating the reigns. Um, in the in the recent times, if if, I, if DP was here, he'd say, "Oh well, in 1948, uh, Fabulous <laughs> Mula <laughs> had the belt for 20 years." I, I get that. And and you and no you would, you talk about Jade Cargill probably. I want to pass his name young. May Young is the is the greatest wrestler. There you go. Uh, so, yeah. So yeah, definitely. And then, um, then what? So let's see. So then, if we're talking about heels versus baby faces, and you got to balance it out at SummerSlam, I'm going to throw you a Gunther over Drew McIntyre. Ooh, I think they got to give it to Drew. Oh, I know. See, now, I you're, now you're letting all the baby faces win again. <laughs> Because I want Roman to stay. I want Roman okay. to stay. So we're going that Roman staying, and um, so then okay. So then we get a baby face carrying the intercontinental belt. And what do you do with Gunther in the fall? He can go work at Walmart. I don't know. 
Oh my God, it's horrible. <laughs> One of the best talents on the roster, and you're just gonna toss him aside once he loses the belt. <laughs> hey, there's something that DP and I agree with, and it's Kunter is just <sighs> not not. One no. day you guys will see the error of your ways, and we're gonna go. You know what? He really is one of the best talents in the division. I, I, I'm flexible. Uh, DP's flexible too. He, he wasn't. A, he wasn't a Sami Zayn guy, and and then he he's like, okay, all right. Sami Zayn is is that good? Sami Zayn, like, if you remember, he, we were talking about how how can he lose to Johnny Knoxville, and then a couple months later, go and oh, and. Yeah. Be in a match with Roman Reigns. Well, he earned that clout. Yeah. Yeah. So, do Solo I, and Jimmy fight? What then? Uh, Roman and who? No. Do, do, do Solo? Do Solo and Jimmy fight? No. I think they sit this one out. I think they're um, they're Roman the sides of the ring during uh, Roman and Jay, and just stand down at each other. Because you know Roman and Jay is not going to be clean. It's not going to be just the two of them. Uh, we can't do that without a bunch of interference in, out, around. Somebody's got to take the referee out, all of that stuff. So I think Jimmy and Solo's roles at SummerSlam are just going to be on the side. Now, during that match, you may see Solo turn. You know, they teased that a little bit this past Friday when he was um, – deciding that maybe he wanted to be tribal chief. Um, so you may see a turn, but I don't think it's going to be in a match. It's going to be as part of the storyline. Do you see KO and Sami Zayn coming in and interfering somehow? Or do you see them getting a match? I don't, I don't understand what's going on with them. I would love to see them in a match. Why are they not in a match at SummerSlam? Um, but... You know, so far there hasn't even been an inkling of who they would take on or what they would do. So, yeah. So, I would hope, as a fan, I would hope that somehow they would figure out how to get them involved in that main event. Whether it's a Russian or it's just protecting uh, Jimmy and Jay from Solo. Um, so, yeah. I, I, it, that'll be interesting to see. But I'm really afraid they don't, they're not going to put them in that. Yeah, right now, like pretty deadly is the, the top team against them, and I mean, they're. I like how NXT is bringing some people up, or WWE is bringing NXT people up, but I, I need something that is believable. Hey, I would even take don't 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 go crazy, a Ricochet and Logan Paul tag team. <laughs> <laughs> Versus Sami Zayn and KO. <laughs> that would be something. That would be the swerve. You're thinking right. that they're going to face each other at SummerSlam. And instead, Ricochet extends the hand and he says, brother, let's team up. Let's go for this. So they got to do that before. They got to do that on Raw soon and then be like, you know what? We're, we're just we're better together. So let's just go do this. Yeah. No, I, I am, my anticipation is that Ricochet and Logan Paul actually becomes the show stealer at SummerSlam. hundred percent. You know, there's low expect there's low expectations for it and then they just tear the heart down. As much as that pains me to say that about Mr. Paul, that but yeah, I think that that's gonna be the barn burner. I 
I've said it since the the second time I've seen him. He's a future main eventer, and and the more the more coverage they give him, the more coverage WWE gets. So Logan Paul and Ricochet will definitely steal the show. Yeah. The guy okay. that he stole the show with yeah. before. And it doesn't even matter who wins. You know, it's that yeah. match. Does it matter? Does it matter to you who wins? No. It, you it's just, the bumps. No, yeah. there's, it's just going to be spot after bump after spot after bump, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, there's that. But the guy that he fought with and stole the show before, who's he going to fight? And that is Seth Rollins. Where's that story going? Is that a Judgment Day match? Is that, like, how's that going to come to fruition? For SummerSlam, who do you, who who should fight Seth? You know, I don't even have him in my notes for SummerSlam. He's gonna play Dom again. Then versus Becky. Maybe it's Balor. Maybe it's him and Balor, and then somehow you know Priest is involved with the briefcase, and that starts. The splintering of Judgment Day with Tim Balor and Damian Priest. Because right now you don't have Priest lined up for anything, and you don't have Rollins lined up for anything. Obviously, they want to try to do something with Balor. So, how, you know, did they put try to put that together? And Edge is on the wrong brand, but Edge is someone that came to mind hearing those names that should come back and fight Seth. Um, that 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 could have been a match. Edge and Beth Phoenix versus Becky and Seth. <laughs> there you go. I'll sign up for that. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there for that one. I'll, I'll go with that one. But yeah, with Rollins, yeah, I don't know. And now that you mentioned Rollins, and I'm kind of looking at my notes here for SummerSlam, you know, this is boy, Austin Theory, is not even on the radar for SummerSlam, right? Unless have you heard something different? Uh I don't Austin Theory. I just I go and change the channel when he's on, so doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sorry that I brought it up. Just like the WWE, who are wasting the belts on those two guys, you're not going to have yeah. me invested in it either. You want me to watch? Well, Put I'm it on Brock. Put it on Bobby Lashley. Hiding the belts on those guys. That's the term you use. Is hiding. They're just hiding. <laughs> um. So then, what about um, Miss Trish and her broken nose? Does she prevail, or does Becky finally um, get her much-wanted victory? I don't think she can fight in four weeks, in three weeks, with the broken nose. Oh, so you don't think she's going to be on the ticket, right? But if she does fight, I would like for her to win so that they could fight again at Survivor Series. So then, more, tr more Trish is, is always good. If Trish can't make it, then you're saying Becky's not even going to be um, on the card. She could fight The Apprentice and, and go with that. That's one route. And then have Trish interfere. Trish use a kendo stick or something. But if her face is actually broken, and it is based on her, you could see during the Money in the Bank where her nose was just immediately black. Um, yeah. I, I, she's a part-time wrestler who uh does yoga and fitness f like full time she's not going to go and risk her face even more so I, I don't i don't see her coming back too early yeah so then what so then 
and since we're writing, uh, booking the whole uh, card here, do we just bring Becky in the three-way and make it a four-way? How about Bring that? you who? Oh, 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 for the Oscar match? Put Becky into the three-way women's championship and throw Becky in there and make it a four-way. Ooh. You people will say, people will say she's... Plan without Becky Lynch on the card, then you're definitely missing the boat on that. You got to get her involved in it somewhere. So if you're telling me Trish is unable to compete, then I'm like, okay, so how can I get Becky Lynch, who hates Charlotte, um, who her and Bianca are not uh, all that friendly, and throw them in with Asuka? I'd, that would be an excellent match with the four of them. Um, I mean, maybe EO Sky says we should just fight anyway. Maybe Bailey, even though Bailey's been there, done that. I really think, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on her name right now, the apprentice for Trish Stratus. She, she's the one who should, the girl from NXT. Oh, we start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She should fight the man. You think? I, you know, like when you brought up Pretty Deadly, I think about the same thing as Zone Stark, in that they are uh, amazing talents. They have a lot to bring, but they still have a lot to learn and build up. And are they really, do you really want them on your second biggest premium live event of the year? You know, if you told me Survivor Series or one of the other ones, okay. But I don't know if I, that NXT talent is ready for SummerSlam. Well, hopefully Trish is healthy. Maybe, maybe they could force Lita to come back. But I don't know how she would want to. Maybe she'll say I was friends with Trish the whole time. Who knows? Yeah, they could. They could. I guess it just depends if she wanted to do that or not. Well, so then we... that, so but but then so then we go. We're running out of talent here. But we're now we're at our main event, I believe. And you want Roman to say you're going to let Roman remain the tribal chief and he takes down Jay. So when that happens. Do the Usos just go away and there's no tribe anymore? The Romans are tribal chief of nobody but Paul Heyman? So the stories that write itself would be for Roman to lose. But Roman can't lose until WrestleMania 40. He just can't lose. It's a waste of, of three years, three and a half years of being a champ. The... The pin that he took was a waste, if you want my opinion. Maybe maybe Baron Corbin needs to come back and pin him again. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's not do that. That's terrible. <laughs> hey, I rewatched SummerSlam and Baron Corbin and uh, Pat McAfee. That was a that was an okay match. <laughs> That's a match I never want to see again in my life. Let's not do that. No. <laughs> never go there again. The, the um, story that writes well, itself is for Roman, Roman. Keep it. Yeah. If we have Roman keep it, what about the swerve of all swerves? That he's going to beat the Usos. They're not in the bloodline anymore. Roman needs to still be a tribal chief of somebody or join a faction. And as Kevin and Sammy come out during the main event to help out the Usos, because Solo is breaking the rules and not following what he's supposed to be doing. And then all of a sudden, um, 
Sammy and KO turn on the Usos and they join Roman Reigns. It, so SummerSlam is all about one major serve, swerve every year. So I, I look at with Brock coming out, I look at 2011, um, CM Punk, John Cena, and Triple H was there. And um, is he going to, what is he going to do with the belts? And then they find a way to get Alberto Del Rio to get the belt. 2013, John Cena versus Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan wins. Can't have that little guy win. So Triple H again involved. Pedigree. Randy Orton becomes the champ after Money in the Bank cashing in. It's always some swerve. So you're not out of line there. Like, is there anyone else though? Maybe another brother that we're forgetting about that hasn't. hasn't really... <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you have any more brothers back on the island that they can come in? There is one more, so there is one more brother. Oh, is there really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, there's one more brother, one little brother. And he but wrestles. the problem with that is we don't know who that is. So for him to make an appearance at SummerSlam, everybody would be just staring at each other like, who's that? I mean, the I way to do it is then Solo be becomes the tribal chief. Now, we would at least know who that is. Yeah, yeah, true. Oh. Well, a couple weeks away, excited to see SummerSlam, and uh, we'll see, we'll see. You'll know, as you guys watch SummerSlam, you'll know if Roman's going to win or not, based on all the previous matches. That's something you learned today on The Breeze with, with Mike and me. So, uh, <laughs> Mike, Mike, I appreciate you being on the show. Be informational and educational. <laughs> and hey, you didn't sound like a, a, an old head too much, so it was great. <laughs> All right, I tried. I tried my best to keep it under wraps. <laughs> I like the old days when Stone Cold would come out, you'd hear the breaking glass, and Stone Cold came out. That's when that was wrestling. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Mike. I uh, appreciate you being on the show. No, anytime. Thank you so much. You guys have a great day. You too. Hey, Austin, I, I have to ask you real quick before we head out. What do you think? of this whole Wemby versus Britney thing. Man, <laughs> it's 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 typical NBA, right? The, the this league, the drama the, that's unnecessary didn't have to happen. My favorite part about it is how anti-Spurs it is. Like this is the biggest <laughs> thing to happen to that organization since Uncle Dennis shipped Kawhi out to Los Angeles's other team. Like, Tim Duncan never had anything like 10% this interesting happen in his career. Same with David Robinson. Like, it took zero games played as a member of the Spurs for Victor Wembanyama to have more controversy than either of the previous number one overall picks the Spurs had. It's incredible. Has he apologized yet? It's Britney Spears, man. <laughs> so, my, my, my read on it is that everyone went back and watched the video to see who actually needed to apologize because Brittany put out her statement. Oh yeah, this happened. And all I'm asking for is an apology. I don't want to sue or anything like that. And well, review the video didn't really get slapped. You know, the security guy just goes like that and it's her own hand that makes contact with her face, not even the security guy. So maybe it's like, you know, the, the older brother stop hitting yourself sort of thing, but it just it, it it didn't seem malicious. It seemed like there were better ways for everyone to handle it. So 
maybe they both just say the polite, I'm sorry, nothing more, move on. Fair. All right, well, with that response, then I'll bring up another rapid question. Does Portland put their foot down and not trade Dame to Miami? Or do they do what's been happening in the last couple of years where if you're ready to move to another team, you just say, this is the team I'm going to, and then you eventually go there for pennies on the dollar. What's going to happen? That's another one that I think the, the player empowerment era, such as it is, is coming to a head in this situation. And it's on both the Blazers and Dame's plates because they had every opportunity to trade him like a normal star before. So Dame's to blame for the fact that he's still in Portland, but he's also loyal as heck. You know, I think both things can be true at the same time. So at this point, I think Dame has had more than enough opportunity to ask for a trade in the traditional NBA sense. He tried to, you know, do it his way. It didn't work. I think he should have seen the writing on the wall earlier than he did. Like if you're writing your championship hopes on Jeremy Grant and Yusuf Nurkic, come on, man, <laughs> that's on you. So at this point, Dame had his chance to go where he wants to go. Portland's got to do whatever's best for business, I think. Nice. All right, here's a hard one, and we'll end with this one. Who's Ooh. the best team in the West in the NBA after, after all, all the things that happened in the offseason? I don't think Denver got better, but they might have the best duo consistently. I like a lot of what the Lakers did to improve. Um, I, I think they should host, but getting up to the fourth seat isn't the same as being number one. I, I'm out on Golden State. Memphis, I think we're in wait and see mode. Even with um, Guns and Roses? Even with Guns and Roses, yes. That's an incredible <laughs> I've never heard that before. That is incredibly well stated. Um, Sacramento's got to prove it's more than a one-year wonder, and I don't really know what to think about the Clippers or Suns at this point. So, uh, Guns and Roses to my head, I'll go Phoenix, Memphis, Lakers, Clippers as the top. Phoenix, Phoenix, Denver, they earned it. Phoenix, Denver, Memphis, and the Lakers is my top four right now. Got it. Well, we talk about the NBA a lot. We'll talk about them more next week, but wanted to hear your perspective. I, I still put the champs at one. They, they lost a really integral part of their team with, with Brown. But the starting five is still there, and if they're healthy, they ha they have the depth because having ten minimum contract players is going to be pretty hard for for Phoenix. So we'll see. The Lakers tried it that way, and it didn't work. <laughs> the difference though is the Lakers were really old when they tried it. Phoenix isn't that old. So we'll, we'll talk about the NBA more next week. Uh, it's great to meet you, Austin. I, I love hearing your quick thoughts there, and and uh, if if we see you again, we'll make sure to ask more NBA and more college sports with you. Perfect. It's been fun. And even though, you know, I, I didn't contribute to the wrestling discussion, it was interesting. I do try to learn, right? That's why I appreciate <laughs> DP throwing me into, uh, you know, the, these defense that I'm not comfortable with. So I, I, I won't remember everything, but I definitely learned a lot. So, so thanks for having me. Of course. All right. Happy Sunday, everyone.